reading today is from Luke, Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. And you can also find it on page 1032 in Pew Bibles. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, the people were crowding around him and, and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing, who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into a deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signalled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. Thank you, Chloe, for reading to us. Keep that in front of you. We're going to look at a few verses in that, but let's pray first. Dear Father, may my spoken words be faithful to the written word and lead us all to the living word. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So tonight, it's the latest in the series of Jesus meeting people. Uh, Last few weeks, we've had Jesus meeting Nicodemus. Nathaniel, a Roman centurion, the devil, and now Jesus meets a fisherman. A fisherman. Did you know the Bible mentions fish 38 times? 15 times for fishing and 8 for fishermen. It's about the same as he mentions the word boat. 44 times. It's not many. It's not many. But important, because he chose fishermen to be his earliest disciples. So this evening, we'll find out a bit more about this fisherman and the impact of meeting Jesus. Words in the Bible are important. How many times they appear can be instructive. Or at least good for waking people up at the beginning of a sermon. So let's have a go at some. What is the most common word in the Bible? 
apart from the of, at, what, and, uh, what's the most common word in the Bible? What do you think? Ask the vicar last. No. Lord. It's Lord. 7,661 times. Very good. Getting the idea. It's all right. How many times does the word heaven appear? More. More than 286. Any advance? Down, down. Close. 422. All right. How many times does the word forgive or forgiveness appear? Less, less. 70 times 7. No, close, actually. It's actually 74. And it appears 42 times in the Old Testament and only 32 in the New Testament. So more forgiveness in the Old Testament. Not many people know that. What about the word, nearly there, what about the word train? How many times does the word train appear in the Bible? Not a thousand, sorry? Three, ten? Oh! Fourteen. And lastly... To the point, how many times does the word Christian appear in the Bible? Three. Three. There you go. Words are important. But back to Jesus and the fishermen. I'm going to give three insights to this passage in Luke 5 that I want to focus on about the good fishermen. The good fisherman listens and obeys. Secondly, good fishermen work together. Thirdly, the good fisherman follows Jesus. So let's look at the passage uh, in Luke in our Bibles to see these. Firstly, and Jesus commands and the good fisherman listens and obeys. So we see at the beginning of this passage, Jesus was preaching Um, from the shore and then he went out so people could hear him more preaching from Simon's boat and then he said in verse 4 to Simon you read it look down there put into deep water and let down your nets for a catch I mean you note first that Simon is right next to Jesus very close I mean it's easy if you're in a small boat and Jesus has just plonked himself right next to you but Jesus has come down from heaven to be close to us. We can only hear him and listen to him if we're close to him. It's not always easy. Uh, many Christian speakers use the phrase, if God feels far away, then who's moved? Life's challenges and distractions mean we can drift away or we can feel distant. So stay close so we can listen and obey. I mean... We keep in touch with we keep in touch with children who've left home or grandchildren or our friends by WhatsApp groups or calls for those people who still use phones to actually speak into. We meet up with them, even for those at home. We should listen. Don't just coexist in rough proximity. Yes, talk together, listen to each other, pray together. I have to say, I'm hopeless at this. I'm hopeless with Jane. 
We don't talk much during the week. We're very busy during the week. So often late at night, I'll say, I had this tricky conversation with X today. It really does my head in. And Jane says, I'm tired. I've got to get up early. Not now. I need sleep. I'm not listening to her. I'm not listening to her needs at all before that time. So we should set a time, set time aside for each other, for wives, husbands, friends, time that's compatible, that works for them. Listen. Listen when others need to speak. And it is the same with God. Read God's word every day. Pray. Even Paul says in 1 Thessalonians, pray constantly. Constantly. Yeah, commit those difficult, not just you know, once in a day. Commit those difficult conversations to God before we meet those tricky people that do our heads in. Pray in the car. Keep your eyes open. Listen for God to speak. Pray over breakfast. Switch off the television or the radio first. Or whenever. And when you come to church or a home group, pray that you will meet him afresh. And God will honour this. Listen. And obey wherever you are, God can speak to you. He's had to speak to me a few times in words that hit me instantly like a voice in my head. Others see pictures, see visions, see God. Test them against scripture. Test them. God knows how to get through to us. Look. Listen. In our passage, uh, Simon, he could have had loads of excuses when Jesus spoke and commanded him. I worked all night and I'm tired. I know a lot more about fishing than a carpenter does. The best fishing's at night, not in the daytime. All these crowds and this loud teaching, they chase the fish away. Well, we've already washed our nets. Jesus may know about religion, but he don't know about fishing. But instead, this fisherman listened and obeyed. He'd been doing his best all night with no success. But he recognised Jesus as the master. The master. It says that's what he says. He recognises Jesus as master. The Greek word for master, got to bring a bit of Greek in, in honour of Poi in our home group. Epistata is the word. It means master, it means commander, it means leader, it means boss. Peter's attuned to Jesus in verse 5. He listened and he obeyed. Unquestioningly goes and lets down his fishing nets. He recognises Jesus' authority. Remember Jack's sermon a couple of weeks ago. It was about authority. Jesus being the authority. We obey because he commands. We obey also because he knows our needs. They caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. We obey because that will please our Lord. Obedience isn't always easy. Just at the moment, it comes to mind that um, candidate for the leadership of the Scottish National Party, Kate Forbes, who was obedient in being honest about her Christian faith, honest about sticking to biblical teaching on relationships, on gender, sexual morals, and she got slammed in the media and by others. Obedience isn't cheap. But it is what Jesus, us, Jesus commands us to. So the good fisherman listens and obeys. Notice the second thing in these verses. 
Jesus enables and the good fishermen work together. Right in the middle there in verse 7. So they signaled their partners, look at it, in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled both boats so full they began to sink. Oh yeah, first in the chapter Jesus enabled people to hear him by just getting out into the boat so they could all hear him in front of him. And by preaching from the lake. But afterwards he brought the fish to where the fishermen were. Yeah? He brought the other fishermen to help. Here you go. Here's a recreation of this passage. This is a pilgrimage that some of us went to, uh, to Israel about uh, six years ago. And this is uh, a bunch of uh, alleged fishermen trying to drag in that extra load of fish. There's John in the front there. I think uh, James at the back there. I don't know if the others are Simon and Zebedee, but they might be. Um, probably not. <laughs> um, he's a fisherman in the Sea of Galilee near Capernaum. Jesus didn't leave us alone to try and do his will. He gives us co-workers, other fishermen. In Luke, he gave Simon, James and John and their crews. So with us today. Many of you know I'm involved with the, uh, the youth initiative, SSYI, uh, that All Saints supports, which we're really grateful for. One of the joys of SSYI is it brings together churches in all the villages around here in a common cause of service amongst often vulnerable and disadvantaged young people. The Free Church, St Mary's, St Andrew's and Stapleford, the Catholic Church, Sawston, not just Christ Church, South Cam's either. Yeah, Whittlesford, they all want to support the work of SSYI. They're all involved in different ways, they all help. They're all needed. I know we have differences in doctrine uh, and churchmanship, but it's fantastic that all want to show the love of God for those young people as a common goal. And work together as co-workers. We're not alone. We're not alone. Jesus brings us together with others to share the task. In fact, as in this passage, with those fishermen, they needed to work together. They couldn't do it alone. They couldn't have caught and landed the fish. So many fish that the boat nearly sank without each other. It's the same with us. We need each other. God has blessed us with co-workers in whatever roles we have. Whatever task he's commanded, it might be volunteering at Cara Coffee, it might be fundraising for Hover Aid, it might be running the TNG group here. Jesus enables us by the talents he gives us. Fishermen, the co-workers he blesses us with, the sons of Zebedee, and the common purposes he uses us for. So what are our common purposes? Who were our co-workers to encourage, to build unity and not division with? The good fisherman listens, obeys, and works together. But finally, and crucially, Jesus leads, and the good fisherman follows. Verse 10, 11. Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid, from now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and they followed him. This is the big mind shift in the passage, the start of a new life for those fishermen. Jesus is calling them to leave their current jobs, livelihoods, and take a new, uncertain, risky, dangerous path. To leave the past behind, to take on a new role as disciples and spread the good news of Jesus and follow him. 
In the version of this story in Matthew's gospel, it says, it says Jesus actually says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. A completely new role in life. He will equip them to be his disciples. He'll spend three years with them on the road teaching them and then continue to be with them through his Holy Spirit. So what new thing is he calling us to? I wonder. A new role in this church. There's many activities seeking resources to minister to different parts of the church family where there are needs. New midweek home groups. Many of us love the groups that we've been part of for some years, but what about those people seeking to join a group that have never been part of one or groups that are struggling for numbers? Maybe new groups or a new job or a new volunteering opportunity or a move to a new town, a new place or a college, a university or a job after university. What's he calling us to? Those disciples had the faith and trust to follow Jesus and let go of their past, their steady jobs and everything they'd known all their lives. Like them, whatever he's calling us to, we must listen We must obey. We have others to help us that Jesus brings us. But supremely, we have Jesus to lead us. And we're following him. What kind of leader is this Jesus? I'll finish with this thought. There are different kinds. Here's one. This is from one of my trustees at Hoveraide. And he shared with me his, his, his view, his vision, his picture of this. And he said, well... Some people think Jesus is like this chap here. Sometimes known as Henry V, sometimes known as Ken. Yeah? Those of you who have seen him. You know, Henry V, once more into the breach, dear friends, once more or close the world, etc. Leading at the front, charging ahead, expecting others to follow his example, chasing headlong after him. Well, what about this type of leader? Is this Jesus? Leading from the back like a World War I general behind the lines in his comfortable headquarters, ordering troops into battle miles in front in a muddy, dangerous charge towards enemy lines. Or thirdly, is Jesus like this? A guide, a walking or trekking guide, with the group, guiding them through tricky terrain, pointing out landmarks and dangers to avoid, finding the best path, encouraging the backmarkers, taking on extra weight to ease the load of those that are struggling and in difficulty. That's how that trustee sees Jesus, the Jesus that he follows, the Jesus who died for us, who's been there, who knows the challenges, who knows our strengths, our weaknesses and limits, who fills us with his spirit to inspire and enable us, who's given us his word to guide us. Above all, the Jesus who's with us now. So why not have a think? After the service, have a think. Talk to the people around you. What what new places, tasks or ministries might Jesus be calling you to? In this church family, your community, your job? What do you need prayer for? To equip you to know the power and the presence of that Jesus, our leader, for something new and not easy, maybe. Prayer to find others to share the load with, or even which of the possible things being asked of you are the one that he would have you do. 
talk about that and pray. Now let's pray. Now let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you speak to us, that you give us what we need to obey you, that you lead us where we should go. May we be people who listen, who obey, who don't go it alone, who follow you constantly in your strength and for your glory. Amen.